all I really have to say off the back of that is wow. Like, those stories are just incredible. And I don't know about you, but um, hearing stories and transformative stories of people's lives encourages me so much. Hearing how God has transformed their life, and um, in particular, I just feel that there's something so faith-rising when we hear these stories. When we hear the pursuit of God's transformative love over people's lives, that just makes us stop. It makes us stop for a second and ask ourselves this question. How am I going to harness the power of these stories and move towards the world in love? And this morning, as we've just heard, we are going to celebrate the decision of those people in our community choosing to be baptised. The decision to publicly declare their faith and move towards God's love, washing their sin and old life away and being brought into the new life that Christ has on offer. And so we are going to look at a verse from the book of Acts, which happens to be my favourite verse in the Bible. But as we do that, I'd like us to consider this. Consider how God's continuous pursuit of love towards us takes us from a place of observation to participation. It takes us from observation into participation. And so our reading this morning is from Acts 8, and we're going to pick up from verse 29, but just for some context before we do that, we're going to read about an Ethiopian eunuch who was an important official who was reading the book of Isaiah whilst travelling in a chariot, and then about a guy called Philip. Sound good? Okay, a few of you are ready. Verse 29, we read, The Spirit told Philip, Go to the chariot and stay near it. Then Philip ran up to the chariot and heard the man reading Isaiah the prophet. Do you understand what you are reading? Philip asked. How can I, he said, unless someone explains it to me. So he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. We then jump to verse 34. The eunuch asked Philip, tell me please, who is the prophet talking about, himself or someone else? Then Philip began with that very passage of scripture and told him the good news about Jesus. As they travelled along the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, Look, here is water. What can stand in the way of me being baptised? And he gave the orders to stop the chariot. Then both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water, and Philip baptised him. This is the word of the Lord. No matter where you are on the journey of following the way of Jesus, you are part of God's pursuit of love for this world, our city, and of yourself. And my question for you is, how will that love take you from a place of observation to participation? Rich Velodas, an American pastor and author, says this, there is never a moment when God isn't moving towards the world in love. Pause for a second and hear those words again. There is never a moment when God isn't moving towards the world in love. What feelings and emotions does that provoke in you? We've heard from those who have chosen to be baptised and articulate that they've had this sense of God's pursuing love moving towards them, running after them just like the eunuch did in our passage. And I think that's why that's my favourite line in the passage. The Spirit told Philip, go to the chariot and stay near it. 
Then Philip ran up to the chariot and heard the man reading Isaiah the prophet. Philip ran to the chariot. The reason this is my favourite line in this passage is because that's how I experienced God's pursuit of love for myself. I wasn't in church, I couldn't care less about Jesus, God, any of it. But when I started university, I met a guy who was from the same city as me, we were on the same course, and he was in the same year. And over the three years of our studying together, he definitely did more studying than I did, but over the period of the three years that we were at university together, he became a different friend. He, our conversations were different. He seemed to listen more. He seemed to care a little more. And he was consistent in our friendship. It turned out that he was a Christian. And then when we finished university, we stayed in touch. And he began to invite me to church, to Alpha, to church, to Alpha, to church, to Alpha, over and over for three to four years. And I continuously said no. But finally, I said yes to an Alpha invite and the rest is history for me. I experienced the transformative love of God which took me from looking to the world, to my work and to other people for affirmation and I stopped living for nights out and getting out of my head. And I accepted God's love. I moved from a place of receiving into a place of receiving unconditional love and acceptance that came from my heavenly father, which was freely given for me. And six years after meeting that friend, he baptised me. Just as Philip was instructed to catch up with the chariot, he decided to run to catch up with the chariot. God instructed my friend to pursue me through his love and he decided to run to catch up with me for six years. This is what we are acknowledging today. God's continuous movement of love towards those who are being baptised and acknowledging it themselves. So how are you going to harness these faith-rising stories that we've heard this morning? Well, I believe that they can take us from a place of observation of all that God has been doing in our city and in people's lives, and we can allow them to take us into a place of participation, showing the love that we have received and experienced for ourselves from God to all of those around us. And Paul uses this beautiful line to say, the Spirit of God whets our appetite by giving us a taste of what's ahead. He puts a little of heaven in our hearts so that we never settle for less. I mean, wow, how beautiful is that verse. But I want us to notice in particular what Paul says in that last sentence. He puts a little of heaven in our hearts so that we never settle for less. I believe that the testimonies we have heard today are more examples of God showing us his glory and are more glimpses of heaven in order for us to not settle for less. And I don't know about you, but I do not want to settle for anything less. Settle for anything less than hearing more stories of people in our city, in your workplaces, in your families and friendship groups coming to know that transformative love of Jesus, moving from observing God's loving pursuit of them, their lives to participating it and choosing to get baptised. But we can all end up finding ourselves settling for a little bit less in our lives. But what does that mean for you? What are you settling for less for? 
You may be settling for less in a friendship or relationship that doesn't bring you joy or is good for you. You may be settling for less and not pursuing a dream or calling that is inside of you because you don't feel that you're good enough. Or you may, not be, set, you may be settling for less and are not accepting the pursuing love of God because you don't feel like you're good enough. You are good enough. So as Philip moved from observation to participating in God's continuous movement of love towards us, just as God has moved those who, have just been, who are about to be baptised from observing God's love to participating and joining him in the new life that's on offer to them today, how are you going to participate? And really, guys, this is the Great Commission. This is what we are called to do. It's the foundation of our Christian faith, to go and make disciples of all nations, baptising them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I believe we are all a product of this verse, a commission that's over 2,000 years old that people received and took seriously and said yes to. A yes that led to my testimony, a yes that's led to the testimonies we've just heard this morning, and maybe a yes that led to your testimony. I believe our testimonies are made up of a bunch of other people's yes. A yes which has moved people from observation for participation for generations. So what does participating in this commission look like in your life today? Well, I want to suggest that yes could look like unpacking scripture for those friends or colleagues who have lots of questions about it, just like Philip did with the Ethiopian. Your yes could be making yourself available with no extra cost or gain, no extra gain to yourself but standing with people who are suffering and experiencing hardship around you. Or your yes could look like standing next to your colleague or um, someone you're studying with as you make a coffee on Monday morning, explaining to them what Alpha is and inviting them on Tuesday night. Who's going to be here on Tuesday evening because you said yes and invited them to Alpha? let me put it another way. God's ran after you. Philip ran after the eunuch. My friend ran after me for six years. Someone ran after you and that's why you're sitting here. And maybe even now somebody is running after you, which is why you are here this morning. So as we harness the power of the stories that we've heard today, as we move from observing and participating and not settling for anything less than more glimpses of heaven, the question for us today is, who are we running after as we participate in the Great Commission? As we move from observation into participation. Amen. Amen.